This is Coochie's Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at The Crew Chief, on Twitter at The Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chief's Corner, and on TikTok at Crew Chief's Corner. And now on the Anchor Podcasting Network at anchor.fm and the Anchor app. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Bobby Bailey here, Coochie's Corner Podcast. This is season number five, officially. We are here um, getting ready to do our first episode of season five. Can't believe we are basically a week away from the Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum for its, I think this is now the third year they've done this event out at the Coliseum. I know there's a lot of people that want to talk about that, and a lot of people want to talk about a lot of different things. Um, because we haven't really done an episode in probably a month, over a month. Um, so sorry about that. You know, we, uh, took a couple weeks off obviously with the holiday and stuff. And then, um, I was going to do an episode last week that I kind of got sick. So that happened. Um, so we weren't able to do one last week, but here we are this week. Um, I, I feel like it's kind of counterintuitive to go back and try to replay every single thing that's happened since we've done an episode, because I think there's just so much that's gone on that we're really just going <clears> to <throat> go forward. We're not going to look back and talk about a lot of the stuff. A lot of the stuff that has happened, you can go check it out on the Facebook page, go on our X, uh, X account um, and find us on those social platforms. And you can kind of go back and look at all the things that we have, um, we have there. So I think you guys can, you know, do that. And uh, we'll kind of look at what's what's happening this week, kind of what's coming up and things like that. So, um, you know, I think the first thing we want to talk about is Matt DiBenedetto, um, a little bit about this, because this has been kind of an interesting ongoing thing. And I think that I, I want to say first that I do like Matt. You know, I think Matt's a great personality. He's a great person. Um, I just don't know how much this is, you know, how much you want to say, how many times you're going to feel for this guy, because here's the thing, while personality's great, he seems to, you know, be a well-liked guy in the garage area. He seems to be somebody that, um, a lot of fans gravitate towards because of him. And, and like I said, his personality and how he conducts himself, how he handles himself, how he conducts his business. Um, Matt is, is a, a popular driver in that sense. But when you look at the results on the racetrack, there are a lot left to be desired. And I know some of it is because he's not always had the opportunities that one might think he deserves or that one might think that he should have. Now, it kind of brings up, Matt Benedetto kind of brings up an interesting topic of the pay driver. And we've talked about pay drivers before, and we've talked about, you know, the the quote-unquote silver spoon kids and, and a lot of those things over the last couple seasons on the podcast. And I think most of you out there would know kind of where I stand on that. I think for the most part, I think the pay drivers are a necessity in this sport these days. It's not something that... You know, maybe 10 years ago, you had a few of them out there. You, you know, if you if you go back and look at the 2013 Cup roster, there's a few guys on there that you would probably go and look at and say, okay, that, that guy's only in that seat because he's got some, you know, some money. 
there's a lot of guys that were in this sport back 10 years ago that really didn't have the financial sponsorship behind them that was the main driving reason why they're in a race car. You know, you kind of look at, I'd even say you go back and look about five years ago. I really, I think the point to me where it kind of got a little, it, where it really got into the whole, um, how can I say, it, it, it got into the whole deviation between talent versus money is probably about four to five, maybe six years ago. You know, I kind of look at a guy like, like when, when Matt Kenseth got shuffled out at Gibbs, and I'm going to use shuffle as the word, that was really, I would say, sponsor-driven. Now, I'm not saying Stanley Black and Decker pushed him out, but being that they didn't have sponsorship for the other races, they needed to do something at Gibbs to cover to keep that 20 car on the track um, at the competitive level that it's been at. When they brought in Eric Jones, what happened? All of a sudden, the, there was more, you know, there was serious on there. There was a little bit more with um, down the, you know, down the pike. We saw Yahoo come on that car. We've seen kind of the the J the JGR Toyota sponsorship model has kind of come to 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 bat here. And I think Eric Jones was kind of in that same boat when Eric Jones kind of got pushed out, shuffled out in light of Christopher Bell, because what did Christopher Bell have? Christopher Bell had Reem water heaters behind him, and they kind of brought him over and kind of gave them sponsorship money. Now, the last couple years, it's been very interesting because Brandon Jones's dad is who run, who's in charge of Reem. Like, he's the CEO of Reem, right? So Reem has always kind of been tied to Brandon's places where he's driven. Brandon went over to um, JRM, Junior Motorsports, last year and took the Menard sponsorship that he has, largely because Menards and, and Ream work together because Richmond is one of their water heater companies that they manufacture things for. So Menards had a B2B deal with Ream, so that's why they went and they've sponsored Brandon a lot of Brandon's career. And they've sponsored him at, at Childress. They've sponsored him at Gibbs. They've sponsored him now at JRM. This is now the second year of that deal. So sponsorship for for Brandon Jones has never really been an issue. And it's also really hasn't been an issue for Christopher Bell since he's gotten into Cup because he's had Reem water heaters behind him. What makes the Matt DiBenedetto situation so interesting and how it kind of ties in here is that Matt has has had sponsors over his career, and he seems to never keep the sponsors. Now, I understand a lot of people say, well, Matt DiBenedetto is better than Harrison Burton. We can debate that all you want. But at the end of the day, what matters to the Wood Brothers is keeping that car on the racetrack because they have people they're employing, right? They have things that they're doing. Now, granted, a lot of the employees that work on the 21 car are Penske employees. That team is quasi the fourth Penske car. And I don't care what anybody says to me because that is what it is. I understand maybe it doesn't run as well as the other Penske cars. It does not run as well because of probably the person behind the wheel of that car. But there's a reason why Harrison Burton drives a 21 car. Harrison has a deal with Dex Imaging, which has been a Penske sponsor in the past. 
They are still, I believe, currently involved with Penske on the IndyCar side of things. And that relationship has continued for seasons. It actually existed before Harrison even got into a NASCAR Xfinity ride over at JGR. So that has nothing to do with, obviously, with Matt. What happened with Matt was Menards, ironically, right? This is how it's all tied in here. Menards had a deal with the Wood Brothers and Penske to put Paul Menard in the 21 cars. So Paul was in the 21 cars, and basically half the season was paid for out of John Menard's pocket, and the other half of the season was sponsorship that the Wood Brothers has basically had for for 15 or 16 years now from Ford Motor Company to run Motorcraft on the car. So they have half a season basically that the Wood Brothers has funding for, and the other half of the year has to come from whatever driver they put in that car. So the 21 car has been a paid driver spot for years, just maybe not something that a lot of people have thought about because realistically, the year that Trevor Bain won the 500 that they ended up running, I think the majority of the season was funded by Ford. Okay. That was not a, a, that was a unique deal. Trevor won the 500. They decided to run like, I think they ended up running full-time that season. They weren't planning on it, but they ended up running full-time and it was basically came out of Ford's pocket. Um, And then after that, they kind of went back to their part-time deal and then they kind of, you know, um, stuck part-time until they got Ryan Blaney and then Blaney and Penske put that deal together to kind of put Ryan in that car full-time for a couple seasons. And then they yanked him out and then they brought him into straight up Penske after a little while anyhow. So if you look at DiBenedetto, he, he was in that car because Menards had signed on for another year as a sponsor of the 21 car and they needed a driver and they just, you know, Matt was available. Matt had cup experience, the whole nine yards. They just threw Matt in that car. And Matt really, you know, he had an okay couple seasons there. He wasn't spectacular. He made the playoffs the one year. I understand that. Um, but he made it on points. You know, it's not like he won races. I think what hurt Matt is there was a video that came out a few years ago. I want to say it was towards the end of his Wood Brothers run. And he said the words, let's go, Brandon. Now, I'm not trying to make this political, but I think there's that video got a lot of play. And I think some people in the garage area kind of sponsor wise felt some kind of way about that. And if you notice, like after Matt got let go from Wood Brothers, like what was the team that took that picked him up? It was a back, it was a back marker truck program that was struggling to find a driver. I mean, this Rackley War Racing was struggling on the truck platform to try to find what they needed. And it was kind of crazy because they had Timothy Peters in that truck. And Timothy Peters is a damn good race car driver, and he was struggling in that 25 truck. Then they threw Josh Berry in that truck because they were like, well, we got to get somebody in here that could like tell us what the hell is going on here. So they threw Josh Berry in, and Josh Berry was struggling in that truck. And, and, and Josh had never really been in a truck before anyhow. So you throw a guy in a truck that has very little to any truck starts in a truck to you know figure it out is not really the smartest thing. So they decided to turn around and hire Matt Benedetto, and they and I think they got their equipment upgraded a little bit. And Matt ran okay the first year. They didn't run great. Then the second season, like last year, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not the second season. Uh, you know, they won that race at Talladega. 
And, you know, I think a lot of people are like, hey, you know, Matt Benedetto might, you know, have revitalized his career. Well, yeah, and then this year happened, and he he obviously did something because they decided that he wasn't going to return. And I don't know if it was really an amicable split. I don't know if it was amicable because they ended up getting rid of him like five, six races early, which usually isn't a good thing. So um, they just wanted to be done with him, I think. And and that's that's kind of the thing I think that kind of leaves that taste in my mouth of I don't, you know, like what does Matt do that pisses off every single sponsor he gets? Because that's the thing that that blows my mind is here's a guy who, again, in front of everybody seems like he's a great guy. I've met Matt in person. He's a really nice down there with guy. I like the guy. I just, I don't know if it's, is it, is it the, the video? I mean, is it that one video I've seen of him that wasn't like, you know, it was on X and I saw it once and I was like, Ooh man. And I'm like, he just said, let's go Brandon. Oh man. That's, you know, that's such a polarizing topic, you know, Ooh man. I don't know if that's, that's really a smart idea, but you know, is it really that one video? Why so many sponsors just don't go for this guy? I have no idea. And I understand the results aren't great, right? Like I understand that, but there's guys that have worse results that get sponsors, you know, like it, it kind of, blows my mind you know like i turn around and look at a guy like i'll, I'll give you a great example john hunter nemechek right john hunter nemechek take away last year john hunter nemechek has has had sponsors that have been with him since his nemco days like he has romco who's been with him forever right he has pile baker who's been with him forever um back when they were fire alarm services he's had uh, Albertsons with him forever. Like he has companies that have stayed with him even when he was like running 25th at the cup car at front row. Like, and, and he's a kid that doesn't, he doesn't have a NASCAR championship. He has NASCAR wins. He doesn't have a NASCAR championship. And even last year when he was driving at Gibbs, he didn't win the Xfinity series championship, you know? So it's like, you look at John Hunter Nemechek and you say, all right, well, I mean, is it because the you know he's got that last name? But I mean, Nemechek. If if you go to most, if you go to a random person down the street and you ask him who's Joe Nemechek, most of them would have no idea who the hell it is. Now, if you go in the garage area and ask them Joe, who's Joe Nemechek, I bet you most people would say, "Oh yeah, front row Joe." Most people would probably know that, but to the average person, nobody knows who the hell John Hunter Nemechek is, right? But he's got sponsorship every year. You know, it seems like he's got the just enough money money to go out there and run run some really good equipment now, and he's got a really great deal, right? And then he goes over to Legacy, and Legacy gets, you know, family dollar and dollar tree, right? You know, they're sponsoring him full time. And I'm like looking at him, I'm like, you know, Eric Jones has a couple cup wins, right, to his name, but he gets sponsorship, like, you know all the time as well. And it, you, you sit there and you're just like, how do these guys do it? And then you look at a guy like Matt Benedetto, he has the truck win, but he can't get a ride. So it's very, very, very interesting. And, um, you know, it just, it, it, again, it just goes to show you that sometimes it's not necessarily, necessarily the talent that gets the seat. It's the guy that's got, that, that can write the biggest check. And unfortunately that's how, that's how motorsports has gone. It's not just NASCAR. I don't want people to think I'm bashing NASCAR. It's, it's not just a NASCAR problem. This is what goes on in formula one. This is what goes on in IndyCar. This is what goes on in, in sports car world. Like it's, it's, it's always 
about the money. When, even when you think it's not about the money, it's about the money. You know what I'm saying? Like it's never not about the finances. And that's why, you know, you have what you have there. But um, it sounds like what happened with Matt was a sponsor kind of uh, backed out on them. And, you know, they had a deal. Now, I've gotten information from a source that Matt had sponsorship to run a Ford Performance vehicle in 2024. Now, I don't know who it was, what series it was. I know a lot of reports have been AM racing. Um, I think that's who it was just by process of elimination. Um, but we don't know for sure. But that was what I think it's going to be. It was going to be. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know, I, I hate it for Matt. It sounds like he's trying to still work on some stuff, maybe something part-time. Um, I think full-time at this point of the season is is very, very hard, depending on what series he's trying to run. It's going to be very hard to get. So, um, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. But, you know, it sounds like Matt Benedetto is going to be um, – is going to be driving uh, something possibly part-time this year. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I just don't know. I just don't know what's going to happen there. So, um, you know, for you, Matt Benedetto fans, it was a sponsor that I guess said, you know, hey, we're going to do this. We got all this money, blah, 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 blah. And we're going to pay this by then. And we're going to do this by then. And none of those things happened. So they had to kind of pull the old plug. So, um yeah, it sucks for Matt, and it sucks for whatever race team that he was he was going to have to do this deal because obviously this team was looking for a driver and sponsor, and um, they got nothing now. So, or or they have some, but they don't have a lot. So we'll see what happens. But you know, let's how the old cookie cookie crumbles for some drivers, and and then you got some other guys that you know put deals together. I mean, Wallace Allen goes from Nice Motorsports; he goes right on over to Josh Rayom, and he's going to drive the. Uh, 33 truck full time for Josh and uh, auto park. It is going to be his primary sponsor. It's his dad's company. So, I mean, it's not really a big surprise there. Um, what will be more surprising is whether or not um, Blaine's dad decides to sponsor. I mean, not Blaine's dad. Um, if Wallace's dad decides to sponsor Blaine Parkins over at RSS racing. And the other thing that's kind of interesting is if you guys remember back a couple couple months ago we were talking about um you know the whole thing with rss and and you know it sounds it they had a rumor out there um wasn't rss's rumor but it was a rumor that frankie munez was going to drive for rss and rss came right out and said no that's not it's not true um despite the fact that there was a picture of frankie taken in front of their hauler the whole nine yards and people were trying to i think read into situations um that that was not what happened what, what happened and I kind of said, well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Joe Graff because Joe Graff, you know, came over there, ran this year and this, that, and the other. And then it seems to me like Joe isn't going to be back because they're they're running the three cars full time. But I don't see Joe Graff in those plans. And it sounds to me like the 38 cars part time this year with CJ McLaughlin. CJ's going to run, I think, Daytona. He's going to run, uh, it sounds like New Hampshire, maybe some other races besides that. But those are two races for sure that I know CJ's running, uh, which is, like I said, Daytona and New Hampshire, because Syaps is going to sponsor the uh, race up at New Hampshire this year. So it sounds like they have some funding for CJ to run some races with Syaps, but uh, it's not going to be a full season for him. So that would 
to me imply that Joe Graff Jr. is not back at RSS Racing, which, depending on how you feel about Joe Graff Jr., should be a good thing for for most people. You know, and and I think RSS is trying to you know step up their game. I mean, I know Blaine is still a quote unquote pay driver, right? His dad is is writing some checks, and they're getting some sponsorship money from now Lawless Allen's dad and some other stuff like that. So there are some checks being written there to to kind of ensure Blaine's seat. But Blaine's not a horrific driver. He's just not a great driver, <laughs> okay? Um, but again, like I said, finances are what they are. And, and I think, you know, for a team like a Rod, for, for Rod and, and, and everybody over there at, at RSS, you know, you – you take what you can get and you know, they have a, a limited budget to run with to begin with. And, you know, they got some Ford money. They've had Ford money the last couple seasons and they'll have it again this year. They get some, some help from that uh, through Stuart Haas racing. So they get some old cars and stuff like that and some engineering support, I believe. And um, they then have Blaine driving for him. So that's a plus that's extra sponsorship money that they can spread out amongst, you know, Kyle and, uh, you know, they have Cy apps for Ryan. So it sounds like, you know, they're, they're going to have a pretty good deal there. They run the extra car for Cy apps with CJ cause CJ, you know, has Cy apps as a sponsor and they've been with him for basically his entire racing career. So, um, you know, it sounds, sounds to me like they're going to have really good funding. And then that kind of helps them out with Kyle's deal. Cause Kyle has sponsors. He just doesn't have a ton of them behind him. And there are some races where, you know, they have to run that car blank. So hopefully there's a lot less of that this year for Kyle's sake. I, I think, you know, he ran a pretty good season last year for for a kid that had like, what, maybe five or six Xfinity starts and a whole bunch of ARCA starts, starts under him, you know, to get thrown into a f- almost an almost full season last year and now going to definitely run full time this year. Um, you know, it's it's a lot it's a lot to ask out of a young man. And hopefully, uh, like I said, hopefully the sponsorship materializes for them to, to run that car with sponsorship the majority of the season. Uh, and we don't see a blank RSS car at all this year, you know, and hopefully, like I said, hopefully they don't turn the 38 full time because I don't know if they can handle four full time over there, but, um, they're going to at least do it on a part-time basis and, and good for them. You know, I think, you know, Rod and them have tried to work really hard at making that program better, um, and it's, and it's taken a step in the right direction. You know, it, it definitely has. And, you know, I think having Eric Amarola over there last year, winning that one race with them at Sonoma kind of put them on the map a little bit more than have, how they've been the last few years. It was their first Xfinity series win and their second NASCAR win overall. Cause technically they won that, uh, mud summer classic with, uh, you know, Austin Dillon and that. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, they've, they've done, you know, decent. And I think uh, hopefully this is the year Ryan breaks through and gets his win. I, I think Ryan's going to win an Xfinity race at least at some point. You know, it's going to happen. He's he's too good of a driver to not be up there in the contention of one of these plate races or or a place like a Dover or something like that. I mean, he's really good at Dover. Dover's like Ryan's best race track, I feel like. And I think it's his favorite track, if you ask him. So we'll see. Um, but yeah. You know, there's a lot of other crazy things that have happened this year in the offseason. You know, some things that you really can't explain. I mean, you know, you had the whole thing with 3 Chi not being back, possibly 
with Kyle. And then they get a sponsor, which um, was Zone uh, Nicotine Patches, which ironically is ITG Brands, which if you don't haven't followed the whole Win Cup um, museum saga with the, you know, it used to be called the Winston Cup Museum. Well, now it's called Win Cup um, because ITG sued the hell out of them and basically is shut them down. Uh, cause they, you know, we're going to bring all these lawsuits and stuff and they just decided not to fight it and they were just going to change the name to win cup. So it's going to be the win cup museum and that's going to be, uh, available virtually. So for those of you that never got a chance to go to the actual museum, they're going to put a virtual museum together. Um, I believe it's going to have a lot of maybe some of the exhibits that used to be in the museum and they're going to capture that. Cause a lot of that stuff's getting sold off, I believe. Um, but there will be a virtual version of the, what used to be called Winston cup museum, which is now, like I said, called the wind cup museum, um, which will exist online. So once we find out more about that and, and all that, we'll, uh, share that with all the fans. Cause I know there's a lot of people that want to know that something I want to get into, and we're going to take a quick break here is some stuff that kind of happened that I don't know if we really talked about, but there was a lot of people that have brought up about fan accessibility. We've had a couple of interesting topics come up with that. Joey Logano made some comments about how NASCAR fans are spoiled, and there's a lot of people that got bent out of shape about that. And then there was this whole situation that happened with the LA clash, where uh, the, you know, the Bush Lake clash, where they weren't going to allow fans in on Saturday to watch the heat races and practices and all that stuff, and there was a lot of people that were bent out of shape about it. So what we're going to do is gonna take a quick commercial break, and on the other side, I'll give you guys my opinion on Joey Logano's statement, is NASCAR are NASCAR fans spoiled? And also, do NASCAR fans, you know, do NASCAR fans expect too much out of this sport? It's an honest question, and and I think uh, I have an interesting answer for you. You're listening to the Crew Chiefs Corner podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. What's up, everybody? This is Bobby Bale here at Coochie's Corner Podcast. I want to share with you guys a great deal that I have for you. You guys know I collect a lot of die casts and a lot of NASCAR apparel. So where do I go to get all my stuff? Well, I deal with my friend Brent and LaDonna over at CircleBDieCast.com. They have all the latest race win die casts. They even have this past race uh, weekend's race win on the website right now. So go check it out. Coochie's Corner has a discount code for all of our listeners. If you go in the promo code box, so let's say you order this past weekend's race win diecast, you use Crew Chiefs Corner, all one word, you get $5 off all U.S. continental orders, over $30 or more. It's a great deal, even today. Five bucks off shipping. I mean, shipping's gone through the roof. So go check out my friends Brent and LaDonna over at CircleBDieCast.com. Use my promo code Crew Chiefs Corner. You get five bucks off your shipping order. All U.S. orders over 30 bucks. You get $5 off your shipping costs. So go check them out. Let them know we sent you. Order away at your favorite race win die cast. And it doesn't have to be race win die cast. It could be whatever die cast you want. They have stuff in stock from probably last year and years past. They have all the stuff on pre-order for this current season as well. So go check it out. CircleBDieCast.com. Let them know I sent you. All right, what's up, everybody? It's Bobby here, Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast, coming to you guys with the tease that I gave you guys before we went to break. We talked about 
are NASCAR fans spoiled? And also, do NASCAR fans expect too much out of the sport? So the first part of this was something that Joey Logano brought up kind of uh, probably a couple months ago. Um, he was doing one of his his uh, Series XM spots, and he uh, kind of, you know, said something to – I think his, the context was, you know, he was just saying, like, are NASCAR fans spoiled? You know, when you basically look at other ball-and-stick sports like football, basketball, baseball, those kinds of sports where, you know, especially <clears throat> in the football world, I mean, you don't get to go meet the NFL players right on the field a lot of the times. You That's – very limited access to to get to that. Um, <clears throat> basically, you have to you know really know somebody in the organization in order for that to happen. But you know, you look at NASCAR, and and there are ways that you know if you work for, you know, let's say you work for like a, a Napa distributor or something, you might be able to get into the track and get in a garage area um, and get that unfiltered access to a driver where you might be able to just casually rub shoulders with one of these guys and gals out there in the garage area and, and, and meet one of them. So I understand what the driver, you know, what Joey was trying to say. And there's a lot of fans that give him a lot of flack about that. And a lot of people are pissed about that because, you know, driver appearances are way down compared to years in the past. And, you know, when, when NASCAR comes into town, a lot of times people don't know that there even is such a thing as NASCAR anymore because, you know, I, I look at, for example, um, I look at, you know, Dover, for example. I used to, you know, when you used to go in on a Thursday or a Friday to Dover, you you used to be able to meet some drivers out the tra- uh, out at, you know, a local store or at a, you know, local restaurant or something. Um, I'm thinking of Grotto's there. used to get guys in a lot. You know, when Brad Keselowski was driving the Miller Lite car, he would go out and one of those Dover weekends, he was doing an appearance at Grotto's. Um, those kinds of things don't really happen as much anymore. You know, obviously Miller's kind of pulled their NASCAR sponsorship, but things of that sort don't happen as much as it used to. And I understand why it kind of is the way it is, um, because I think these guys do spend a lot of time away from home and away from their families and stuff. And the burnout, burnout's real. I mean, if you want to go down the burnout path, I think that's why there's a lot of people, a lot of these teams are looking for people to go work for them because the burnout is a real problem. You know, you, you're on the road for a minimum of 38 weeks out of the year if you're a road crew member, and that takes a lot out of people. You know, you're on the road 38 out of 52 weeks out of the year. That gives you 14 weeks out of the year where you can be home with your family, and and that's that's hard. You know, that's really hard on people. Um, and And, you know, I don't, I don't want people to feel bad for the drivers. It's it's the crew guys that really struggle um, because you know it's it's <clears throat> you know it's great to say hey I work on a NASCAR team, but these guys don't get paid millions of dollars to do what the NASCAR Cup guys are doing, right? You know the the road crew teams um, are making far less than that, and and you know while you know it's a dream job for a lot of people to be doing that, it's it wears on you. You know, I know people that have been in the garage area that have gone out of NASCAR because it is too damn demanding. It is too damn hard and tough and, and, you know, hard for someone to do um, year after year, after year, after year, after year, after year. I do think that NASCAR has got to look at some stuff, um, especially, you know, for driver appearances to keep, you know, 
keep engaging the the markets because I think one of the things that how helps a sport, I don't care if it's NASCAR or football, whatever, is to get the the professional athletes out into the local market area. You know, I think one of the things that makes people love um, NASCAR is the fact that they get to go meet a driver, you know, and not have to have a race ticket to go meet that driver or not have to have spent, let's say, $1,000 on a garage pass to go meet a driver, you know. Um, so I, I think, <clears throat> yes, NASCAR fans are spoiled compared to the other sports because, like, you know, I look at it this way. We, you know, I'm a, I'm a New York Giants fan, right? And we have, you know, this kid, Tommy DeVito, who's a local kid, you know, local uh, to, to where I live. He, he's gone out. He's been doing all these media hits and stuff. And he's, you know, he got a lot of flack because he had this, this guy as his agent was going out and doubling prices on people. You know, Tommy DeVito goes out and beats the Packers, right? And uh, his agent supposedly doubled the price on this restaurant instead of, you know, them paying Tommy DeVito's agent $10,000 for Tommy to appear. They have to pay 20. Now I will say the one thing that does hurt things like driver appearances and when people can't is, is when promoters of events are too cheap. So this is, this is where I think the NASCAR fan has a problem too. It's, you know, we used to, I used to go out every year to motorsports expo. All right. It's a local thing here. And it's actually out in uh, Pennsylvania. It used to be in Fort Wayne um, or Fort Washington. I should say now it's now it's out a little bit further, but um, they're in Oaks. It's now in Oaks. It used to be in Fort Washington. Now it's in Oaks, PA. And the event used to get really great NASCAR guys. You know, we, we I've met Matt Kenseth the year after he won the championship out there. Casey Kane's been out there. Uh, Kevin Harvick was out there. Denny Hamlin was out there. <clears throat> Rusty Wallace has been there. Ken Schrader has been there. Uh, Tony Stewart was out there a couple of years ago. They had Dale Jarrett, um, or like the year before that or the year after. Dale Jarrett was out there. They've had Ryan Priest out there. Um, we've never seen Chase Elliott out there ever. Not once. Um, I think Dale Jr. was there one year, years ago. Um, I think he won a year I didn't go, though. That was the thing. I think... Junior was there in 03. I started going in 04. Then they went to Atlantic City because they they claimed it was going to be better to get drivers in and out of because it was a bigger airport, the whole nine yards, right? So I think the year they went to Atlantic City, they got Matt Kenseth a second time. And then I think they got Hamlin in there. I think they got some other people because, again, Atlantic City was supposed to have, you know, it has a bigger airport. I think it's – I think Atlantic City uh, might be international if I'm not mistaken – um, whereas like, you know, out there in Oaks, it's a regional airport and you, you know, if, if, if the guy doesn't have a private jet, it's, it's not, you know, and it's also in January. It's not, it's not a great time of year to be getting a driver in there because of their all season schedule. Right. So I do think that goes against this guy, but where, where I want to blast this guy is the fact that the last couple of years we have gotten nothing but rerun drivers that have been to motorsports before. So. Last year, we had I'm trying to remember who the hell their big attraction was. Last year, it was a re, it was a it was a guy that had been out there before. This year, they brought Kyle Petty in. I mean, not Kyle Petty, brought Ken Schrader in, and they brought um, damn it, who was the other guy? It was Schrader and Jimmy Spencer, who had both been out there before. 
so this was not like, hey, we brought in some new driver that's never been here before. You know, it wasn't like like that. They brought out guys that have been here before. And I just wonder how much of it is the financial side of it and how much of it is the drivers just want to go do it. Because, like, we used to have the Winston Cup preview event down in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That dried up when Winston, you know, kind of got out of the sport. And it went to, um, you know, went to that. And then, you know, they, they did a thing down in Daytona for a few years, and then that's gone away. So my question is, is it is it financial? Is it we're not paying enough people? paying enough money to get a current driver or is it just the guys just don't want to go do an event now you 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 could convince me that maybe the year after covid could have been a problem you know maybe some guys were still a little i don't know if i want to do a big crowd signing but i think at some point in time you got to understand where the fans are why the fans are griping and i think that's the it's a legitimate gripe at this point but I think the NASCAR fan also expects a lot, right? So the NASCAR fan wants wants their cake and eat it too, right? Like the NASCAR fan wants the drivers to come out and do appearances but don't want to pay to go meet the driver, right? So, you know, Kyle Busch did an interesting thing this last year. He was doing appearances at his hauler, merchandise hauler, but you had to spend 100 bucks. Now, they've done things like this in the past, and it, and generally speaking, it doesn't really work out that well. Because there's a lot of people that would rather meet the driver but not have to spend the money to meet the driver. And I again, I kind of go back to football, baseball, other sports. I'll, there's a There are some times where you can meet an athlete. Like you could go meet Tommy DeVito at a restaurant. Now, I don't know. I don't know. Like when he goes to that restaurant, you know, what is he signing? You know, does he – is it Tommy DeVito's picture – in a, in a Giants uniform? Probably not. It's probably a picture of Tommy DeVito and whatever, you know, a shirt and whatever, you know, a T-shirt or something. And, you know, he just has his name on like a hero card type thing and he's signing. Or is it like, you know, the, um, <laughs> you know, he's just signing footballs and random stuff, you know, that people bring with them, you know. But sometimes when you go meet these guys, like especially if you go to a collectible shop, you have to pay money to the collectible shop for you to get an autograph or to get a picture or something. So, so sometimes like to go meet a professional athlete, you have to pay money for an autograph. Right. So that's where I'm like, you know, sometimes NASCAR fans want that free autograph or want to meet that driver, but don't realize that in other professions and other sports, it, it is commonplace for, for the fans to shell out money to go meet this driver or meet this person. So I think it's a little bit of a tit for tat there, but I do think that, NASCAR fans deserve a little more access. I'm not saying you give the average fan garage access because they've done open garages. They have been a hot mess every time I've seen one done. Um, I remember a very specific Clint Boyer interaction when Clint Boyer comes up. You know, I was I was getting Clint's. Uh, as like, hey, Clint, you have time to take a, a selfie? Yeah, yeah, I got some time. And he saw a herd of people coming towards him. He's like, they opened the garage up, didn't they? And I was like, yeah, sorry, bud. He's like, all right, I'm going to go hide. <laughs> you know and and he, and and guys can tell you know like like this is the thing i always tell people if you do ever get a hot pass and you ever go in a garage area guys can tell whether or not you you've 
you know, you're there all the time or you're a guy that or a gal that's just, you know, this is your first time. You know, the the first timers don't know really the etiquette of the garage area. They don't know like, hey, you don't bother a driver when they're in the, you know, coming out of the bathroom. I've I've seen people do this where they like there's a driver that goes in the bathroom and they just stand there and hound the guy like ironically Matt to Benedetto this happened to where somebody was like literally standing there. I went over it was a it was a guy around my age and I said listen bud don't wait here for Matt <laughs> like let him like get out of the bathroom and then you know like stand over there by the by the cars and you know when he comes out then you kind of slowly migrate your way over don't wait for him right out of the bathroom that's a little weird you know and the guy's probably not going to sign your whatever the hell you're trying to get him to sign so he he took my advice and it, it all worked out for the guy but Matt was Matt was kind of like, oh, I was like, man, I was like, man, you can't even go to the bathroom. And he was like, yeah, I know. He's like, it's kind of crazy, ain't it? <laughs> so, you know, sometimes it's just that etiquette too um, will go a long way when you meet a driver, especially if you're in their work environment. I mean, it, you know, listen, I could sit here and give you, you know, stories on times we've met drivers or tried to meet drivers. I, I'll never forget. We were trying to get Jimmy Johnson one time and. Uh, his PR people came out. He's like, he's he, he's not gonna sign for any of you. You know, <laughs> like okay. So then Jimmy got on the golf cart, and, and Alyssa was like right by his golf cart, and he signed for her, and that was it. He got on his golf cart. He didn't want to, t- you know, talk to anybody else. But um, the other thing that helped was she was wearing all forty eight gear. So you know, if you're really interested in meeting a driver and it's your favorite driver, obviously you're going to be wearing their gear. But if you're not wearing their gear, there's no guarantee that driver's going to stop for you. I mean, I've I was wearing. Without without me realizing it, I was wearing a Ryan Priest sweatshirt one day, and I was waiting for some driver. And Ryan comes, Ryan Priest comes over to me and is like, "Hey man, you want my autograph or something, or take a picture or something?" I was like, "I was like, yeah." yeah. We took a picture or whatever, and I was like, "All right." And then he saw me again, and I don't think he realized it was me. He's like, "Hey man, you want a picture?" I was like, "I'm good." You know, we we saw I saw you before. He's like, oh, "Okay, cool." And I just gave him a fist bump, like, "Hey man, have a good race," you know. But I was like, I was waiting for somebody else i forget who i was waiting for that day but yeah it was that was pretty funny you know so so make sure you wear your f- favorite driver's merch or or that driver's merch if you're gonna go meet a driver i've, I've done that where i've had merch for you know i have merch for a, a lot of drivers um because really that's all i wear is racing shirts you know so i have a bunch of racing t-shirts and stuff and all different kinds of drivers um so that sometimes if i'm in a garage area and i like oh today i really got i really want to get this guy's autograph okay well I'm going to wear that shirt today, you know, and, um, usually helps, usually helps in those situations. But, um, but yeah, I just, I just don't think handing full garage access is a great idea. I think what they should do is on like a Friday afternoon, they should have some kind of a rotating cast party where, you know, they make all the guys do it. They make all 36 drivers that are committed to the series or, or all 36 teams have to send, you know, their drivers, at least once a year out to one of these free autograph sessions and you know, it could be whatever. And it's really up to the teams, you know? So like if you're Rick Ware racing and you're really trying to get a spot, you know, promote your sponsor, you have like a, like a block party thing where you set it up in the fan zone and you have a party and every Friday night, like let's say from like five to seven, you have like a, like a, uh, an after hours kind of like block party thing. You do all your on track activity, five o'clock, you shut it down. And from five to seven, you have like a block party. Bring out some drivers, do a little Q and A, have a little, you know, you want to have some food and beverage options, and uh, you know, make it part of the ticket package. Like, make it part of the Friday package. Like, if you got it instead of charging ten dollars for Friday tickets, you got to charge twenty 
to cover this block party thing, then do it. But let the fans that have a Friday ticket go in, get access to this. Like I said, you can have food and beverage. I'm sure it would probably make things a lot easier for everybody. It could be a relaxed environment. You know, a lot of people aren't gonna aren't gonna go crazy over there. And let them meet the drivers, do an autograph session, have a Q and A. Um, you know, kind of do something like that. I think something like that can be done at any rate at all these places. You know, it could be done at any of these tracks. They just got to find a way to do it. And like I said, you got to, what you got to do is you got to require, like, let's say you take the top 12 in points and say, all right, guys, you got to go and do, you know, one, one of these every quarter of the season. So if you say, you know, there's 36, you know, I mean, I know technically there's 38 race, you know, 38 races on the cup schedule, but you know, there's, there's not, you know, there's four quarters, you know, every nine races, you guys got to one of these nine races, you, you can pick which one of the nine, but the top 12, you have to go one of these nine uh, races, you know, one of these nine race stretch, one of this nine race stretch, one of these nine race stretches, you have to pick the race, but then you got to be there Friday and you got to do, do the session, right? You know, or, or make it Saturday, whatever day, you know, but one of those weekend days, they got to do it. And then what they do with the lower tier teams, you know, like a, like if you're 13th to, let's say, 24th, you got to go do two of them. And if you're 24th to 36, guess what? You got you, you to gotta do three of them. That way there you have a rotating cast of drivers, and it's not just, you know, Justin Haley every week and A.J. Allmendinger or, or whoever else is going out there. Like, like make it so that the guys that are in, you know, that are at, towards the end, you know, you're going to see them – Basically, you know, they're going to be there every week because, you know, they're not running great. Um, and I, I don't think it needs to be a penalty thing. I just think it needs to be a thing where, like, hey, you're not running that great. You probably aren't getting a lot of TV time, so we're going to make it up to you by having you at this event. I think it would work. You know? So I, I think they got to just do something, you know? And, and I think the whole backlash from the Bush Lake Clash thing was because, you know, the, if you look at it, you're not allowing fans into a into you know a, an event like that. It, it's just stupid. You know, you're you're paying all this money to have this field, to do this event, and you're not going to let them see it. You know, and and then the fact that they went and went didn't even go and say like, hey, five bucks admission. They went and said, no, 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 no we're not even going to charge for it. Um, kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. I NASCAR cat coward on that, but hey, whatever. I mean, it gives people. People that don't have tickets or don't want to spend the money on the tickets can go watch it. There, there'll be a few that do that. There won't be a ton. Just my experience. I mean, you know, I remember we used to have uh, Monster Fridays at, at uh, Pocono. You bring a, a can of Monster Energy drink. You got into the race for, you know, into uh, Pocono for free that day on Friday, right? And, and and Friday tickets were like 10 bucks. So, like, the can of Monster cost you 2 $3. And you got in and, and you, you saved like 7 bucks, 8 bucks, something like that. So that was cool. That was a great promotion. They recycled the cans, and uh, Monster paid for you to get in, and basically you had a, a a Friday. Now, if you're doing the block party thing and you're a corporate sponsor and you want to put two and two together, I think that that could work out too. And again, I think you require everyone to do them. And I just, I don't, you know, thinking back on the the penalizing the worst teams, you know, maybe you make them do like instead of one, you know, maybe you make the top guys do two. And then you make the the lower end teams do like one, you know, maybe you do it the inverse way of what I said, you know, maybe you make the top guys go out and do a couple. And then you make the the guys that are more towards the back that are more, are more likely to be out doing stuff. Anyhow, give them like a, like a one, 
you know. And then guys that are doing really like, or the guys that are part time, like don't force them to go do their one part time weekend. You know, go do it. Like, don't make SVG. You know, he's only gonna run five races. Don't go make, make SVG do it like every single time he's out there. You know, because his car is like the worst in the in the owner points or something like that. Like, you don't do that to the guy. So, you know what I'm saying? But uh, but yeah, I think I think some subtle little changes, a little more access would would make things better for the fans. Um, but that's it. That's really all I got for you guys this week. Uh, just happy to get back in the swing of doing the podcast every week, and we will catch you guys next week here on the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Thanks for listening to the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at the Crew Chief, on Twitter at the Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chiefs Corner, TikTok at Crew Chiefs Corner, and on the Anchor app and anchor.fm. Thanks for listening.